0: Alrighty, we ready to do this? Dude, let's... Here goes nothing. Alrighty. Just when you're uh, when you're talking, make sure you're looking at the mic. Looking at the mic. Okay. So. This is so stupid. Why <laughs> are know. we nervous Why are about we like, this? <laughs> oh. Nobody cares right now. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of middle-aged, 30, 30-something-year-old guys, and we're... Acting like a couple of twelve-year-olds and
1: getting ready to call a girl for the first time,
0: dude. Let's let's <laughs> not even talk about that. I, that that will be a whole different topic. <laughs> That'll be a show in and of itself. Oh heck yeah! All right, well, let's go. Okay. All right, podcast world, here we come. This is so awkward. <laughs> we should like. I should have like written out the intro. Yeah. It is what it is,
1: man. Yep.
0: All right, everybody. Welcome to Fat Guys with Smokers, the next greatest (laughs) barbecue themed podcast on the internet.
1: I feel like we tried to come up with a great name for weeks, and you just said that, and immediately we were both on board.
0: Well, it's when in doubt, tell the truth.
1: Absolutely. It's calling it like it is. That's what I respect about it.
0: Awesome. I'm John. And this is Mike with me. Uh, we're a couple of fat guys with smokers who live in northern Utah uh, and we decided we were going to do a podcast. It's gonna be a lot of talk about life and all of it tying back to to smoking, what we love, what we're passionate about. Mike, why don't uh why don't you kick us off? tell us uh tell us a little bit about who you are and and we'll go from there. Sure. Well, my name's
1: Mike uh, like John said. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm a pretty average guy. I teach, I'm a math teacher at a high school. Um, I also teach driver's ed by day. Uh, just started doing that about a year ago. And I really actually like that money's, I mean, the money's why I got into it, but it's actually pretty cool. Um, and, uh, got four kids, three boys and a girl. Uh, great wife, and I don't know. Uh, I just enjoy smoking, man. I've had a lot of hobbies, and I've tried a bunch of stuff. This is the one that stuck. Like I don't know, maybe it's something about food, but I uh, just love. This is one of the things that I'll get up early for—is smoking or or barbecue or or whatever. So
0: yeah, it's funny. I years ago, uh, Swiss days. I, I don't know if you. You're familiar with Swiss days uh it's Labor Day weekend down in Midway the whole like town park turns into this little craft fair and it's really big on Swiss heritage and handmade crafts anyways hmm. you've got to get up at like four a m to leave here so that you can get down and get a parking spot because thousands of people come and I was just belly aching. About how miserable I was that we were getting up <laughs> on Labor Day to to go down to this place, but Haley was excited about it. Uh, not only, was, I don't even know if she was that excited about, <laughs> but like her mom was going to be there, uh, her sister was going to be there. Like it was sure, a really big sure. deal it's for her theme. to want to go. Yeah, and I like, I just wanted to be in bed, and she's like. If this was a brisket, you wouldn't have any problem getting out of bed to trim it, put it on, and and then you would sit there and just be with your meat, and it wouldn't bother you at all. And I was like, yeah, that's that's true. Fishing, hunting, and smoking. Those are the three things I get up for without throwing a tantrum.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's where I'm at, too. So, what about you? Tell us a little about you.
0: Uh. Similar to you. Uh, corporate paper pusher by day. Uh, I'm a senior operations manager for a company here in town. Uh, got three boys. Our boys are actually basically the same ages and mm-hmm. run around together. Fantastic wife. Uh, I am proud to claim to be her her one lapse in judgment in her entire life, and <laughs> I'm I am completely fine with that. <laughs> But similar to you, always had lots of hobbies, lots of different passions, and it's always kind of been like a a spark in the pan, Mm -hmm. uh, where it fizzles and then dies out, and my garage is full of all sorts of tools and garbage. I'm going to be a woodworker, and I go, (laughs) and I spend hundreds of dollars on tools, and materials and then it just sits in the corner because it exhausts me to unload it out of the truck (laughs) uh but yeah smoking has been my one consistent passion uh even from when i was a kid to now i've been pretty serious about smoking for uh, just over a decade now um you know is when I really got into it and got got aggressive about it, and it's it's a a great thing that helps me relax and uh, all of my analogies about life and everything tie back to smoking now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really the sign of when you've made it is when you can stand up in church or give a presentation at work and use barbecue as the analogy to talk through process optimization or uh how to get closer to god when you can use a story about barbecue to do that i feel like you've you have found your calling in life and that's that's where i'm at with with barbecue
1: you nailed that in church too i mean i was i was hanging on every word that was a great analogy so
0: well it's really simple you get people hungry and then you start talking about food (laughs) and you can say whatever you want they're gonna pay attention everybody agrees with you suddenly absolutely yeah um, but how did we how do we meet we started talking about this as we were trying to get ready for the podcast and fleshing out ideas? I' had forgotten all about this yeah,
1: you didn't remember that offended me no, not I, really i uh so my wife and I did a program, and there's a lot of us in our in our neighborhood area that did this where we get together with our neighbors and it's like self help housing, so we do a lot of the building and so we
0: honestly, I think it's like a really cool program that yeah sweat equity, build it in.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you didn't need to have a down payment. Like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a school teacher. I own it. I love it. I love what I do, but I'm never, I mean, especially in today's economy, it would have been hard to get a house. And Whitney just found this, uh, my wife just found this program. And so we did it. Um, and it was cool. You know, I loved it. I did construction during college. So it was, I, I really had a good time with it. But anyway, you came with, uh, some other leaders of, of the local the local ward in our church and made us all lunch one day. And I just remember seeing you, and then I saw you at church a couple of Sundays later and just kind of made the connection. So, And as it turns out, I mean, I didn't remember what you made because I was just so hungry and tired and wasn't really paying attention, but you smoked pork for that.
0: Yeah, as you, as you told the story, it it only seems fitting that we're doing a podcast together about barbecue now. Since barbecue brought us together, absolutely. How touching that is, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I guess. Speaking of barbecue, I mean, let's let's pivot here. Like, what's the last thing you smoked? What's the last thing you cooked?
1: Dude, a couple days ago, I pulled a tri-tip out of my freezer, and thawed it out, and cooked it. I just put cooked it on my pellet grill. Gave it a layer of. Um, ap rub from killer hogs and then the hot barbecue rub from killer hogs and then a layer of holy cow from meat church dude it was bomb just smoked it until i did kind of a reverse sear so smoked it until it got to i went a little higher because i knew my kids wouldn't eat red red meat so i smoked it to like 130 and then just seared it in uh uh, cast iron skillet and I actually used, I did it in my house cause it was raining and snowy outside to sear it. And it, I mean, I don't know how the smoke alarm didn't go off, but it was pretty phenomenal. That's awesome. Yeah. It was a good one. What about yeah. you?
0: Uh, it, it was, it was Sunday. So Christmas day, Christmas dinner. Uh, I had to throw it together last minute. We, so Christmas Eve is the big meal on my side of the family and we always do Mm. a, do a big rib roast and, and have a good time. Uh, and we had family. We weren't planning on my aunt came into town. We didn't know she was going to come until, uh, day of basically. So Mm. we had a thawed rib roast and she came a couple other people. And we're like, uh, this can be real tight on leftovers that we normally have. Uh, so we went, Got a spiral cut ham. Mm. Uh, Best part about ham, like, it's already cooked. All you got to do is warm it up. It's hard to screw it up. Yeah, smothered that. (coughs) Use mustard as a binder. Normally, I'm not really big on binders. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Just not something I typically use. And use mustard as a binder. Hit it with honey hog. uh, Kind of Mm. a sweet pork rub from Meat Church. And then, once it got up to temp, hit it with a raspberry bourbon glaze. Oh, yeah!
1: Did you make this raspberry bourbon
0: glaze? I did. So wow! If you don't have raspberries at your place, we should talk the spring when <laughs> when things thaw out. Uh-huh. When we bought this house five years ago, which is a whole different story. <laughs> uh. Like one of the things that the owner said is like, I think it was actually even written into the contract that they could come back in the spring, the following year and take raspberry starts. Oh, My wow. backyard is full of raspberries. Really? To the point where they are almost weeds. Like hmm. we, we have moved them out of a couple of spots and raspberries still continue to grow there. Really? Hmm. But the best part about it is I've got all the raspberry jam you could ever want. Mm. So use some of the homemade raspberry jam, uh, some bourbon, and brown sugar. Kind of simmered that a little bit on the stove, let it thicken up a little bit, uh, and then it hit it on the, hit it on the ham. Really, and it was bonkers, out of this world. Mm. Like probably the best ham I've ever had. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah, it was delicious. It's super simple. I don't even remember what Instagram account I saw it on. Uh, mm. I should look it up. I'll put it in the show notes if if we get this far with this podcast. Yeah, if it ever this gets may, off the ground, this may just be a a file that sits on an SD card for forty years until our kids find it one day and they're like, "What's this? What did our What did our dads what, do? They're so
1: dumb." Whatever, man. This was. is gonna This is gonna take off. So I don't. I don't really yeah. care if it does. It's gonna be fun.
0: Yeah. That. So that was the last thing I I cooked. I still have some in the fridge, and this weekend, I really want to do my Crisco sandwiches. Oh. With the raspberry glaze on the ham already, like, I feel like that's going to be, like, next-level ridiculous. Man.
1: So, when you glaze a spiral-cut ham, do you, like, get the glaze inside? Like, how do you get it? You know what I mean? Like, you almost have to unfold it and brush it or what?
0: Yeah, so I did it. I put it cut-side down. Okay. So... The, the slices for the spiral, are parallel to the ground. Mm-hmm. If you think about that, okay. Um, And then I just I took a a basting brush, actually no I used a spoon, and just kind of, spooned the glaze all the way around, the top so it ran down the meat, and, the spiral cut hams. I've done a couple of them on the smoker. And I don't know why they do it on the smoker way more than they do in the oven. Mm. But as they warm up, the the edges curl a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it just naturally like Opens wraps up some and bit. like pulls a little bit in. Okay. But it's, it really is mostly on the outside, almost like if you think about glazing ribs or something. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. The inside
1: isn't going to get glazed.
0: Yeah, it does. Mm. it doesn't get a ton of glaze on it on the inside of the meat. But it's just enough on the outside kind of to give it a little sweetness. A uh, little little tart to cut the salt from the rub and right, and you
1: probably wouldn't want the glaze on all over the meat. Like it would probably be a little bit too much
0: yeah, sweetness. I it, yeah, that makes and sense. The recipe I think actually called for preserves. Okay, which we'd have to call call Haley, my wife, down here to really define <laughs> preserves, jam, and jelly for us. Yeah, that. She's all into the canning and
1: I was going to say I stocked it all at a grocery store once and I have no idea what the difference was except for that yep. they were different and people got pretty I, upset if they asked for preserves and you
0: gave them jam. Yep. I think emphasis on the word think is the sugar content. Hmm. Like more jam, sugar in jam. jam has way more sugar okay than preserves do. I think preserves are like the purest version of a fruit that you put on your toast. Which okay. I mean, if you're going to put fruit on your toast, like, let's just accept the fact that you're doing it to cover up the taste of the toast. Yeah. You might as well have the sugar.
1: Yeah, why are we... I mean, let's call it like it is. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that sounds phenomenal, man. I did a... I smoked a ham once, and it was actually really good, but I think I might have dried it out a little bit too much. It just seemed dry. I don't know if I did it for too long or what. Seems like I... It seems like i got behind on something else and i ended up leaving it on too long i can't remember
0: yeah it, it this one took forever it, the weather was kind of crappy mm-hmm. on sunday like right. it I, I was expecting it to go like two and a half maybe 3 hours at 225 and i'd be able to get it up to 13140 mm-hmm. and at two and a half hours i was still like f- 40, 50 degrees from where I wanted to be. So I, I cranked mine. So I know I, it was not what it could have been, but it Mm -hmm. was still, it was so good. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it. Well,
1: it's like you said, a ham is already cooked. You don't got to worry too much about,
0: which one day we'll have to talk about the
1: time that I cured my own ham. Oh, I remember hearing stories about that. We should talk about that.
0: Yeah. It, It was pretty epic. Uh, but probably not as epic as the look on the guy's face when I called the, like the local meat processing place, and mm-hmm. was like, "Yeah, I, I want a ham." He's like, "You want a, you want a ham?" I was like, "Yeah, like I want a fresh ham, like one that's not cured." He's like, "So you want a, so you want a leg of pork?" <laughs> I was like, "This this was before I." After this experience, I went and did a whole bunch of research. Yeah, you on, now know what to say on to butchering the butcher. and all of these things. Uh,
1: True story, I'm afraid to go to a butcher because I'm afraid I'm going to have an experience like that and it's going to make me feel like I don't know what I'm talking about, you know. It, yeah, so I get all my meat from the grocery store and Sam's Club.
0: Wow. That's what we should do. We should go out to we should go out to tires and oh heck yeah. And get them to be on the podcast with us.
1: That'd be sweet. They could probably tell us way more than I mean, they've probably forgotten. More than we'll ever
0: know about.
1: I know body parts and what they're called and.
0: Uh, so, Jess Pryles. Does, she does the hardcore carnivore. Okay. Seasonings and rubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just did a remote master's degree, and I don't remember where it's from or what the exact title of the degree was, but it was all about butchering meat and like different cuts and like it was a meat science master's degree oh man that's sweet that i kind of want but i have a hard time justifying a master's degree in meat science to my wife when (laughs) i really don't know that i'm gonna get to use it for my profession at all
1: that's funny i was watching a, a video on youtube the other day of a guy butchering a cow i mean i was fascinated like doing all the parts of it. And my wife walked by and was like, what are you watching? Like she thought I was watching some kind of like horror movie, but it was fascinating the way that they do things and where things come from. You know, it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. You, you, you get a whole different appreciation and like if anyone is still listening at this point, they're like, what the crap are these guys talking about? But when you're, when you're really passionate about barbecue and, and you're thinking about how how the proteins and, like, the sinews and the connective tissues and the meat break down,
2: mm-hmm.
0: knowing where it comes from, like, at least for me, like, unlocks it. Like, oh, yeah, a brisket's probably going to be really tough if you don't cook it the right way because it's, I mean, it's like the pec muscles. Like, it's right there on the chest of the cow and, like, every mm-hmm. step it takes, like, that muscle's getting flexed and used. Like, it's... right it's going to be a tough muscle that you're going to have to break down where, you know, tenderloin, like it's not like a cow's really got to worry about its posture. Like it's held held up at both ends and Mm -hmm. that's, that's why it's so tender. Like it it just hangs out there. Yeah. But, um, Hmm. how'd you get into this, Mike? Like where, what's the, what's the origin story?
1: Oh, man. My origin story is complicated. So (laughs) I, and we kind of talked about this a little bit before. So when I was growing up, uh, my family, my mom's a nurse, and we were, I mean, she was all about not getting foodborne illnesses. Like I, I mean, E. coli, salmonella, everything, like she was always talking about
0: that. it, that was like a big thing when we were kids. Like I yeah. remember, like right, There I were feel like, like breakouts it's not anymore, at but... state fairs and yeah. restaurants all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think that they were. I mean, I think they were mostly just worried about that. So everything that we ate, like my mom, my grandpa and uncles are ranchers, so she'd get like a quarter beef every every year, and we'd have steak occasionally. And I mean, we're talking charred on the outside. Like, by the time it's done, like, there's maybe a centimeter of gray meat in the middle, and everything else is just char. And I could never understand why people love steak so much. Like, I remember talking with friends, and they'd be like, Oh, a steak. And I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, I guess. Um, anyway, so, I'm, and I mean, I, I still ate it, and it was fine, but I was on a scout camp once, and, uh, our leader cooked steak for us and I was like, What is this? Like it was cooked correctly and it was thick and it was juicy and it was tender and I was just like, This is steak? Like
0: I get it now. Yeah, Uh, there's there's something about like taking a bite of steak where like every like every part of your mouth just starts to water.
1: Oh man. Absolutely. And I mean I couldn't get enough. And so that's really when I started like, hey, maybe I mean, I don't think there's some magical cow that this guy got this from. I think it's just the way you cook it. So I kind of started looking into it. And um, when I was in college, a couple of buddies um, and I, we tried to make ribs. I'd never made ribs before in my life. And honestly, I'd had them like one time before and I was, they were fine, but I wasn't like super into it. So we got these ribs and we watched some YouTube videos and we didn't have a smoker or anything. We had a grill, just like a regular, you know, four burner propane grill and like a little box that you put wood chips in and it like smoked it. Oh, have you yeah, seen yeah, those yeah. before? Like those, sm- I don't know what you call them. Smoke tubes, smoke boxes, yeah, it, something like that.
0: Yeah. I've Like I've got a smoke tube now, um, but yeah, a little square box like that you just put the chips in. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then the you just put them down that... by
1: the burner, and it's supposed to smoke it. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean that was my first experience actually smoking something. And How'd they turn out? They were okay. I mean, looking back, they were hot garbage, but at the time, it was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this isn't too bad, you know?
0: Did you even know there was a membrane on the back of the ribs at yeah, that point?
1: Yeah, we, we had Googled that, but we couldn't figure out how to rip it off, so we just took <laughs> a knife and scored, cross-cut it, it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I... Yeah.
0: Like, I mean. I love that, but I think that's like, that's half of what barbecue is. And it's a, it's a license to experiment. And when you can't figure it out, like. Just yeah, try s- Score the crap out of the back of it and hope it works. <laughs> Dude, that's
1: the thing. And those garbage ribs, like the process was like fascinating to me. Like, I loved it. I was way into it. Um, Like every part of it. And I mean, it took us, we had no idea what we were doing. We probably cooked them for three or four hours. And I mean, looking back, like I say, they weren't great ribs, but the process, like I was into it. And even the other guys I was with were kind of like, eh, yeah, this was fun. And I was like, man, when are we going to do that again? Like, that was awesome. And so I started looking, and I mean, I had a little, we we just lived in a little apartment at the time. And I had one of those little tabletop propane grills, barely ever cooked anything on it. Um And I started looking at building my own drum smoker. And, I mean, it took me a while. I mean, I watched every, I swear, every YouTube clip that was of somebody building an ugly drum smoker, I watched and just saw how they did it. And uh, I've got a buddy that worked at a metal recycling place. And he got me like a free barrel, got me a bunch of expanded metal that he just pulled out of there. And I built my first Ugly Drum smoker for basically free. I think the only thing that I bought was the temperature gauge and a ball valve to control the airflow for the bottom. But I mean... That's awesome. It was fascinating. And that's really when I started getting into it. And I didn't... I mean, again, a full YouTube. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. um, But I watched a lot of YouTube videos and I just the process again, like it was fascinating to me. It's fun. Like it's fun to do. It's not just like the end result is amazing. And so you keep doing, it's like the whole process I'm into, you know, from the moment you bring the meat home from the store, like, it's just awesome. But anyway, that's, and I mean, obviously ups and downs on that. Like I did my first cook and then I was like, this is awesome. I got it figured out. And I invited my wife's whole family over for ribs like, the next week, and I totally, like, it was terrible. Like, had, like, they went to, I don't know what I did. I can't even remember. But they were terrible, and I was embarrassed, and they were so nice. Like, oh, yeah, this is really good. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And so, anyway.
0: My my first experience cooking for a group isn't that different, but at least you were smart enough to have had a successful run
1: (laughs) before you did it. Did you do it on the... On the maiden voyage?
0: Oh, I went in full send. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it it was not awesome. <laughs> well, I admire your confidence for going for it. Uh, confidence, stupidity—you know—they're <laughs> uh, they're very closely related. Well, I don't know.
1: Anyway, that's and I mean a cup. I love my. I still use my drum. I still love it. Um, I was going to
0: say, is that the same drum that I've seen?
1: Yes, the black one. Yeah. That's the one. And, and I used it. I entered my first competition this last summer. It was very humbling. I learned a lot from it. And I, again, I do it for, cause I love doing it. Like the food was amazing. Um, but our results were terrible. We got like 14th out of like 24 teams or something. I don't even remember, but I, it was a blast. So
0: I'm still kind of jealous that you got, that you did it. Dude, We I should would, do it together next time. That I was, was kind of a brat. When I saw that... What did you cook? It was spare ribs and chicken? It was,
1: yeah, spare ribs and thighs. Chicken thighs. Yes. And the thighs were terrible. Like, they were tiny and everybody complained about it, but... I don't know. It was still just the... I never want to be a professional, like, competition barbecue guy, because... I don't know. I just do it for fun and I'm more into the experience than the results, but it was a blast.
0: But... That's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm still jealous. Like I kind of wish I had done that competition just for the experience of having done a competition. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of a weenie about it. I like back ribs more than spare ribs. Sure. And my thigh game, uh, it's just it sucks. Well, like, I, mine were not great. The skin is always chewy. Yeah. My wife doesn't even like the skin, so like I don't worry about it. We always end up just taking it just off. Just taking it off. Um, yeah. So I like, I punked out of that one. Had a couple of like people that asked me to cook with them, and I was like, eh, not my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, call me when it's brisket. Call me when it's when it's pulled pork, and then maybe we'll talk. And mm-hmm. I really hope they do it again next year. Me too.
1: And like you said, we're from northern Utah. This isn't Texas. Like, there's not barbecue competitions every weekend. This was the first one I've ever even heard of. I mean, I know they do a few further away, but this is the first one in our area that I've ever heard of. So I'm glad I – I mean, it was a good experience. Would I hop on it again? I hope so, but I've got a lot of learning to do before I try to put my ego on the line again, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, what about I, you? I hope they do it, but we'll. If if not, maybe we'll we'll have to organize and host one.
1: Oh, that would be sick! I would like that as long as we could participate. Yeah, I would rather do that than be a judge. But
0: yeah, I don't want to. Like legit barbecue judge, like that's a whole thing.
1: Oh man, yeah, we talked to a few of them. It's it is like I was like, how do you know? Like, how do you know the difference? Do they all kind of taste the same? I mean, I feel like I would only remember the most recent one. They said, you just got to think, like, you got to have a fresh palate each time. Just, like, score it by the number. Don't compare it to anything. Yeah, it's, like, really, but, sc-
0: like, there's a rubric and, like, you yeah. score
1: Yeah, a very rigid one, apparently. Yeah.
2: We just
0: need to go to Memphis. We should do Memphis in May. Oh,
1: dude. What, that would that be, be fun. amazing. I would hang out all day by Malcolm Reed's Stent probably, and just watch him work.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
1: What about you? Origin story.
0: Uh, it, yeah, it's funny It not that different. Um, other than I, like I was spoiled growing up. We, my dad was a pretty good on the grill. We ate at some pretty nice restaurants. Like I had a taste for meat, mm-hmm. um, and good food. Always have my whole life. But when I was like thirteen, fourteen or so, we we lived in Southern California at the time and Boy Scouts, I had these two just phenomenal leaders, um, Herb Yokiyama, which yes, that's where the name of the pig we cooked. Dude, came that from. should
1: be a full episode just us talking about that
0: pig. That oh was gosh. awesome. We should. We we cooked a it it was like ten pounds short of being a hog. It was a massive pig mm-hmm. that Mike and I cooked It got up at 3 a.m. and cooked for a whole huge group of people. Yep. But yes, that will be a different one. That'll be sweet. Um, and we named the pig Irv after Irv Yokiyama.
1: Mm-hmm. And he was delicious.
0: Yes. Yes, he was. Uh, but Irv Yokiyama, Paul Norris were my, my scout leaders. And just totally got me hooked on Dutch oven cooking and this idea of cooking outside and we'd go camping. I don't know. We went like at least twice a month. And then in the summer, um, Paul worked at, at a local community college. I had pretty, pretty open summers. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what Irv did. I think he did something in IT, but like always seemed to have the time off that he needed to take the scouts camping and Mm. we just camped a ton. And when we camped, we ate and we ate like Kings (laughs) and I can remember, you know, I got a Dutch oven for, for Christmas, you know, it's San Diego. So it's not like it's cold or anything, but I went out of my backyard and, when you were a teenager,
1: still you got a Dutch oven for Christmas.
0: Oh yeah, when I was like that's when I was, awesome. I think I was thirteen. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I was thirteen, and my big Christmas present was a ten-inch Lodge Dutch oven. Mm, that's sweet. Still have it. Oh man. But I can remember like going in my backyard and using charcoal and cooking, and it was like. It was good, like, don't get me wrong, but it was not the same as being out in the woods and having this, like, experience of the whole wilderness around you and all the smells of that broad and how the smells affected, you know, what you taste. Mm -hmm. Um, I I didn't understand it at that level at that point, but realized that how you cooked it and where you cooked it made a big difference, Mm. um. And that's where the passion came from, but you know, ate well throughout life, always had a passion for food, always wanted to be outside cooking and
2: Mm -hmm.
0: not long after Haley and I got married, like we spent our entire college careers living in on-campus housing, which basically meant you couldn't do anything with fire because
1: everything would burn down. Yeah. Clearly allegedly. Yeah,
0: clearly the whole building will burn down if you have a barbecue yeah. on your patio.
1: Those cinder block buildings are very flammable. <laughs> Incredibly <laughs> flammable.
0: Um but I remember when we moved, we moved out of student housing after Haley graduated and moved into this town these townhomes. They're Kind of over behind Sam's Club, like the blue ones. Oh, yeah. I think everyone has lived in them at some point. Yeah. Uh, We
1: lived right next to them. Yeah. Hmm.
0: First thing I did, like, we unloaded, unloaded the last of our stuff as we moved, and I went straight to Home Depot. And, like, we were, we weren't totally broke, but we weren't exactly, like, rolling in the In the money,
1: like Like, you gotta really want it at that point. I remember those days for sure. Yeah,
0: and I can remember standing there, like trying to figure out what what grill I was gonna buy, and I ended up with a 18 inch Weber kettle. Mm. Um, still out on my patio, like still my go to charcoal grill.
1: I love the Weber kettle, man.
0: Yeah, so got that, um, and started cooking on that and found a recipe for ribs on there that you like wrapped them in foil and he did all of this. Mm And, uh, they were just ridiculous. Like I couldn't believe that I had made something so delicious and so tasty from a recipe. Uh, I think it was Jamie Provence on the, on the Weber website Mm. that, Still, if I don't have a smoker, like that is the recipe I go to for ribs, mm. and
1: on the Weber, um, huh?
0: Yeah, it. You can do a gas grill, charcoal grill, whatever it is. Like you can cook ribs, mm-hmm. and they are just tender, fall off the bone, delicious. Oh man, um, we should have ribs here while we're talking about this. So that I we're was just like... thinking about it. I keep our uh, our unofficial. I told Haley. <laughs> As she was making fun of me, our reverse sponsor, because we
1: had to pay for these tonight. Indeed we did. And it was worth the dollar Uh, that we spent.
0: Yeah. Maverick, (laughs) let the adventure begin. Absolutely. Uh, But I had this grill and we lived there and like the ribs were great. Uh, We eventually moved in into our first house and Haley's entire family... And she comes from a big family. There's six kids. They all have kids. Mm-hmm. I guess at that point, there were only a couple of kids. Now it's like 30, 35 grandkids at this point. Oh, gross! It is, it is a massive <laughs> undertaking to feed that crowd of people. And yeah, we do it a lot better than we did then. <laughs> uh, but I like got this my bonnet about a week before they were going to come up here for Memorial Day. We used to do this like big Memorial Day barbecue with her family that we hosted every year Mm. and i got this bmi bonnet that i wanted to do pulled pork oh uh but i contrary to the culture of our community absolutely refused to do in a crock pot Mm -hmm. like i just i wanted nothing to do with crock pot sure pulled pork Almost always comes out mushy, gross, disgusting. Mm-hmm. Mushy is board. a good
1: word for it. I like that.
0: Yeah, I was just not on board. So similar to my first outing to to Home Depot, I went to Home Depot and I was standing there and I was looking at the the Weber, what, is it the Rocky Mountains? Smoky Mountain. Smoky Mountain. Yeah. I was looking at the Weber Smoky Mountains. Um, and at this point, like, we were doing a little better. Haley was working. I was working. Um, I was just too chicken to like buy a $300 smoker.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a commitment, man.
0: And come home with this and like explain to my wife that I had, <laughs> you know, spent $300 when we had just bought this new house right. and probably shouldn't have bought the house that we bought. <laughs> but I bought this, this $40 Brinkman smoker. And now Brinkman, I knew what I was buying, and I'm not trying to badmouth Brinkman, but it was maybe the crappiest smoker I have ever <laughs> touched in my entire life. It was one of those ones that you've got, you've got char- charcoal in the bottom of it, mm-hmm. a water pan, and then you've got a couple of racks above it in, in this barrel, and the and the top comes off it just like the Weber kettle.
1: Oh yeah, I'm googling it. Yeah, like that. that okay. This exact thing.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, And I went full send, man. Like I I said before, I did not practice.
1: (laughs) No trial run. No trial. You just went for it.
0: I I respect that. I bought the smoker on Friday. Mm -hmm. Family's coming on Monday. Wow. And I got up 3 a.m. fully prepared because clearly a pork shoulder is going to cook in 10 hours.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: No. (laughs) For anyone new to smoking, I regularly have them go 16 to 20 hours. uh, If I'm cooking them low enough and slow enough. Yeah. As it should be, I think. Yeah. So I got up at 3 a.m. And I, I, I still have a picture of that Brinkman smoker sitting on my patio. Mm -hmm. And I sat there in a camp chair Watching this little crappy temperature gauge, opening the door, closing the door, spritzing the coals with water, closing the door, opening, like, her family was coming, I think they were, like, dinner was supposed to be at four o'clock, and finally, at, like, five o'clock, I was so embarrassed, like, people were getting hungry, like, they're inside, it was at 190. Like it wasn't that it wasn't safe to eat. Were you the only food, or were other people? Oh no, man! Food? Like I was, like I was the meal. <laughs> oh no! I mean, there were salads and right. rabbit food and uh, other things. The that...
1: food that our food eats, as Ron Swanson would say.
0: Yes. So, like, I went in there, and for our wedding, we got these like nice stainless steel forks mm-hmm. that, like, I remember being. At Bath and... Or was Bed Bath and Beyond? Yeah. um, Where every couple in northern Utah registered for their wedding. Yep,
1: that was the place.
0: And I remember the lady being like, try and bend one of these forks. And being a young stallion as I was, I remember taking the fork and like, Grabbing it, thinking I was just gonna bend it like it was a aluminum can and cut my hand in the store because I tried to bend it and <laughs> it wouldn't bend. Dude, I bent those forks shredding this oh, pork. Oh no! It was so disgusting. And like you, my like the family was great. Like nobody said anything about it. Uh-huh. Um, there were definitely some eyebrows that were raised <laughs> the next year when we did it, and I did pulled pork again. At that point, <laughs> I was I got like, "My yeah, pellet. I'll for sure be yeah. there." <laughs> At that point, I had gotten, like, my pellet grill and, and knew knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time I cooked a pork shoulder, like, the way it was really intended to. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, were you around when Barry Banham lived in familiar. the neighborhood? I don't think so. Anyways, he's the one that got me hooked on pellet grills. He brought me a, a piece of pork one time that it, he had cooked on his Traeger. Mm-hmm. And it had gone all day. And like, as soon as I tasted that, and he was like, Yeah, like, I just put it out before I went to work and I came home and it was done. Like, I know exactly where I was sitting. I remember the conversation Barry and I had, like, to a T. At that moment, I knew I was getting a pellet smoker and it changed my life. Mm. Like, that was 10 years ago. I think mm-hmm. that I, I bought my first Traeger. Okay. Um there is no doubt in my mind I've cooked over a thousand pounds of pulled pork. Yeah. Since then.
1: All on the Traeger, huh? Yeah. I Have am, you ever gone back to the Brinkman and tried it again? No, I Or was that a one and done situation?
0: No, so I tried the Brinkman uh I think two more times. Okay. Uh neither uh like, they got incrementally better, but mm-hmm. it they were just miserable experiences. Yeah. Um, and, like, honestly, had I stayed with Brinkman, I would not have... I don't think I would have stuck with smoking. Yeah. Uh, hmm. But I can remember bringing home my Traeger, cooking my first pork shoulder, mm-hmm. and it getting to 203. Um, and I didn't even talk about, like, all the research I did in that week between deciding we were doing pulled pork and not in a crock pot to buying that, Uh that Brinkman, uh, there's a great website. It's called amazing ribs. Oh yeah. That's kind of how I got started too. Yeah. Guy's name is meathead. You got to trust a guy whose name is meathead. Absolutely. But his wife is a food scientist and like, there's so much information in there about how, things break down and the temperatures and what happens in the stall and how important that is and why you shouldn't rush the stall. Mm. Um, But cooked my first pork shoulder and I can remember like pulling the bone out and how it was just like completely spotless.
1: And that is a phenomenal feeling when the bone comes out clean and you know, you did it right. Oh my gosh.
0: Did that. And like, how it just fell apart as I shredded it. Yeah. Like that after I had my first bite of pork off the Traeger, like I walked out on the back patio, picked up the Brinkman and threw it in the
1: garbage. <laughs> Straight to the trash yeah. where it belonged.
0: uh um and and like we're here now. Like I and it really has like it it's changed my life a little bit. Like not to be over dramatic about it, but You know, it's, it's turned into a side business doing catering. Mm. Um, I sell pellets, you know? Yes, you do. Try and keep the neighborhood smelling great is, you know, and you do a great job. Yeah. I I can remember, Yeah, two different times Haley has tried this and I think she's regretted it both times. Like I'm waiting to see if she does it a third time Mm -hmm. where she's told me that I spend too much money on, on smoking.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Or that we don't have enough room to support smoking or whatever. Sure. Um But she was like, You've got to figure out a way to pay for this. Like we're eating really great, but meat is expensive. And like sure.
1: it is, like, I get it. I feel like that's the hardest thing. That's why it took me so long to just full send into it. Cause it was it was spendy. And my wife, I love her to death, but she does not like meat. She's not like vegan. She's just kind of like eats like a five-year-old, like, doesn't like the texture and stuff.
0: I can't wait for her to listen to this. Yeah,
1: hopefully she didn't make it this far. I guarantee she turned it off halfway through. But uh anyway, so it's hard for me to justify buying an expensive piece of meat, basically for me and then my kids to nibble on a little bit. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's, a, that's still... I mean, I still... I've cooked one brisket just because the price is so scary.
0: We should... We'll we'll have to do an episode where we talk about leftovers. Oh yeah, because we'll we'll, we'll do a big cook, mm-hmm. and then that is the protein that we use throughout the whole week and all the like, a pork shoulder. Man, it's like fancy chicken. Like oh yeah, you can use it in everything. Put Brisket it in everything, the same yeah. way. Um,
1: yeah, I've been eating on that tri tip all week. That's kind of that's the way to do it.
0: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It and now I don't know where we were going. Oh
1: shoot. Something about the price of me. It's expensive. Oh, it was expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: Haley's, Haley's done this to me twice. Mm -hmm. Um, well once and I've called her bluff twice. (laughs) She was like, you've got to figure out a way to pay for this. And I was like, okay. And I went and I got a distributorship for, for a pellet company. Oh man. Genius. uh, Yeah. So it, it hasn't made me rich by any means, but it pays for my pellets pays for most of my meat and Mm. uh it's awesome because i get to talk to everyone in town who's got a smoker because i'm the best price there is out there and Mm -hmm. then we just sit in the garage and talk for you know 45 minutes every time someone comes and Mm. about what they're cooking and what they like and what they're doing and i have met people i never would have had an opportunity to talk to and like smoking is just like, it's driven my community. Brings together.
1: people together. Dude, that's one thing that I noticed at that competition. Like, we were all competing against each other. But people were so cool, man. Like, everybody just talks to each other, helps each other out. Like, it really is like, I don't know, a brotherhood, really. Or sisterhood. I mean, yeah, I don't no, want to be it... sexist about our smoking. But it's pretty cool how, I mean, we all have that in common. And it's just a, it's a cool thing to meet people that are. Yeah. And I love it.
0: The, I love it on social media. Like you get on social media and you've got to stay out of like the Green Mountain Grill group or the yeah. Traeger group. Yep. Like the brand specific groups, like Yeah. I don't you, have much. You get use some real dorks in those groups that absolutely. are absolutely you know, rocking their you know, Karen and Kevin motifs to, yep. but you get into the ones that are just about the cooking. Mm-hmm. There are no negative comments. Oh, there no. are no.
1: Everything is like, dude, that looks awesome. Try it like, again. Yeah, this is what. Yep. Like,
0: try this next time. It really is just, like, the best community to be a part of.
1: Oh, yeah, man. And that, that's what I noticed as well. Like, people will go on and talk about their failures on some of these Facebook groups I'm a part of. And I hate Facebook, but this is my favorite thing. And people just. You know, oh, I've done that. It's not a big deal. Try it again. Like, the positivity is just phenomenal. And you don't see that with a lot of other things. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great community to be a part of. Yeah. All right. Well, we uh, believe it or not, we've been talking for almost 50 minutes now.
1: (laughs) I can't believe people get paid to do
0: this. This is awesome. I just, yeah. I don't even care if we do get paid to do oh, this. Absolutely this is not this has probably been the most relaxing hour of my oh, of my whole week this is i'm gonna be a fan. we need to keep this going yeah um so Haley asked me this question earlier tonight when I was showing her my new my new toys uh to to pull this all off i got a we're using a zoom p four uh audio recording device. And I was showing her, I was like, look, you can like hook your phone up. And like, w- we could, we could call somebody in to be a part of these conversations. Mm. And she just kind of rolled her eyes at me. And she's like, she's like, you're going to have call-in guests. I was like, heck yeah, we're going to have call-in guests. And she's like, she's like, who are you going to get to call in? Um, So I, we talked about this earlier. I already knew who, who you would say, Mike. Yeah. But who, who is your barbecue inspiration? If you were going to. Have a chance to sit down and talk with someone for an hour. who would you want to talk with?
1: well, it has to be so let me let me answer your question with a story after my fiasco as inviting, all good
0: podcast answers
1: absolutely should be. after my fiasco with the ribs inviting my wife's family over a couple of years later, when I'd gotten a little more comfortable and when I was feeling a little better better, I wanted to do a turkey uh for thanksgiving for my wife's Whole extended family. I don't know why my family wasn't into it, but I guess we were with her that year. Anyway, Smoked turkey. I so good. watched... Oh, it's phenomenal. We should do a whole episode on just turkey, but... We should I, have been
0: taking notes. It's a good thing serious. this is
1: recording. No kidding, we can go we're going to have to listen back. We haven't written anything now. Um, anyway, I watched every video on YouTube, and the one that I... I don't know if it's because it was simple enough or the way that it was put out was perfect but was Malcolm Reed's from how to barbecue, right? Um, and I have watched every video he's ever put out. He is my inspiration and he is, I mean, him and his wife are the ones that kind of make and record each video. I think now they've got it. They're so big that they have like a whole team, but it was just him and his wife at first and it was chill and he was big. So I knew I could trust him, you know? Yeah, Just yeah. like us fat guys with smokers. Like I knew I knew that guy knew how to eat. Anyway, Malcolm Reed would be my dude that I would call. I mean, I would I could listen to him for hours. I've, he's got his own podcast and I've listened to almost every episode, so that's awesome. He's I'm, my hero and role
0: model. I'm a fan of, of Malcolm. Yeah. What about you? Uh it, I'm like second guessing myself because he is not a fat dude by any means. <laughs> um but I still I would still trust him and I would love to just like sit down and talk to him about his whole story. But Matt Pittman Mm -hmm. at Meat Church. Absolutely. Love his recipes. He has an outdoor kitchen that I covet with all of my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's got a great story. Like he was a corporate paper pusher started making barbecue rubs on the side and mm-hmm. like turned that into his whole thing. Like he's got a huge company now, right? Like everybody knows meat church rubs.
1: Yeah. They're everywhere.
0: But, uh, yeah, he would hands down. I would love to talk to him about his story, about how he pulled that off, like what yeah. inspired him to do it. And I, I'm originally from Texas. Um, mm. I, I always love telling people my grandma used to tell this to my mom because my mom's not from, from Texas. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And my grandma just, my grandma just liked to push buttons, I think. But, uh, she used to, used to tell my mom that you can, you can become an American and you can move to Texas, but you have to be born a Texan. (laughs) So Texas barbecue is, I love it. That's, That's my style. I love, love everything about Texas barbecue and like Matt Pittman got me into it. Mm-hmm. Like after I read all of the meat, the meathead stuff on amazing com, and I feel like that gave me the basis and the science of it. Mm-hmm. And then meat church and some of the content that Matt put out really helped me like develop a flavor profile and mm-hmm. understand how to play with things. And right. man texas barbecue
1: dude i love meat church's stuff i've watched
0: a lot of their videos and he's
1: i don't know both of those guys are so chill like neither of them will say you have to use my product like they're just yeah they, they're just into it you isn't know
0: karen like yeah he he has got a very successful business and i don't think i've ever heard him like say one prideful braggy thing like right. it's very humble down to earth seems super personable mm-hmm. um he sends me emails, not me personally, like I'm just I was on, gonna say I, I'm ooh, just a, you're
1: on the email list
0: though I have gotten a personal email from him oh um, but that's a whole different thing out oh, that's phenomenal. I also am a distributor for Meat your mm. Um, a local shop has opened up and tried to encroach on my business a little bit, but for a long time, I was the only person in a forty five Minute to an hour and a half drive that stocked meat church reps. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Interesting. I brought them to our little. You're the one. Yeah. Our little slice of paradise. And. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, hands down, Matt Pittman is on my list to get onto Fat Guys with Smokers podcast.
1: Dude. Once this takes off, he'll probably be begging to get on the podcast.
0: We're going to have to. Like you know those like pregnancy like yeah. bellies that like they used to make people in high school wear around. Uh-huh. Like Absolutely. we may have to get one of those for Th- him. To- that'll
1: be our yeah. I love that, and then we'll have it. That'll be our merch. Some people do shirts. We just give bellies <laughs> out. <laughs> that would be awesome.
0: That would be fantastic. Yes. All right. Well, I think we're uh, we're at time. This has been fun. Mm-hmm. I definitely think we're going to keep doing this. Absolutely. For anyone that has lasted this long. Thanks for hanging out with us. We I was going to say back. the
1: same thing. Bless your hearts if you're still listening to this.
0: Yeah. Leave us a comment. Tell your friends about us. Click the su- subscribe button. Mm-hmm. We'll be back again soon.
1: All right. And That's we're it. out. That's it, man. That's it. We did it. <laughs>